0: Hello, welcome to Heart Failure Beat, a podcast produced by the Heart Failure Society of America.
1: Heart Failure B is designed specifically for clinicians who treat heart failure patients in the United States of America and around the world.
0: We are your hosts. I'm Dr. Priya an assistant professor of medicine and advanced heart failure and transplant cardiologist at the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine in Baltimore, Maryland.
1: And my name is Dr. Michael Beasley, assistant professor of medicine and an advanced heart failure and transplant cardiologist at the Yale School of Medicine in New Haven, Connecticut. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now let's get to our episode. All right. Well, hello, everybody. We're coming to you from Cleveland, Ohio at the 2023 Heart Failure Society of America Annual Scientific Meeting. Uh, This is Dr. Michael Beasley, along with my co-host, Dr. Priya And we have the pleasure of being joined by Dr. Beacom Boeskirt. If I'd like to take a moment to introduce Dr. Boeskirt to our listening audience. Dr. Boeskirt studied medicine at the Istanbul Faculty of Medicine. She then moved on to the Baylor College of Medicine for her residency and fellowship training completed her fellowship training in heart failure and transplant cardiology at the University of Pittsburgh, returned to Baylor uh, where she earned her PhD, and has remained on faculty up to this point in time. Dr. Bozkurt is the senior dean of faculty at the Baylor College of Medicine, a professor of medicine, and chair of internal medicine in the Winter Center for Heart Failure Research. Additional titles that she holds is that she is a past president of the Heart Failure Society of America and the current editor-in-chief of Jack Heart Failure. But Dr. Boskert, we're really excited to have you here to talk about the new big news that came out during this meeting, the Heart Failure Stats Initiative. And, and thanks so much for making the time to sit down with us.
0: Thank you, Michael, for that introduction. We are truly excited about the HF stats, which we believe is going to be very useful to our heart failure community. It's just hot off the process, this document. And my first question is why did we do the heart failure stats? Great question, Priya. We did the heart failure stats because we wanted to come up with a clear, consensus on the trends on both incidence prevalence and mortality and heart failure hospitalization rates. There is a a large amount of data out there, but looking at the available data, it was sometimes confusing as to what the true trends were. So we thought that it was important for the heart failure community to be able to clearly recognize that the incidence, the prevalence, the mortality and hospitalization rates for heart failure are actually increasing. Despite all of the advances in treatment modalities, the guideline recommendations, and strategies for implementation.
1: And there's a lot of great data that you shared uh, at this meeting. How did you and the committee that worked on this report go about putting all this information together and getting these numbers for us?
0: What we wanted to do is first look at the most recent decade, the last 10 years data from published, uh, available, scientific, uh, reliable research papers, and uh, created a uh, steering committee who then commissioned this paper from a writing group that comprises of experts with expertise in the topic, uh, as well as methodology and epidemiology of heart failure. Quite a few of the authors uh, of this uh, document actually have also authored the papers that are referenced in this document. We looked at the data and created a consensus concept around what we think is happening about the incidence prevalence, mortality, as well as hospitalization rates, and also intentionally looked at differences according to uh, sex, race, ethnicity, um, geography, rural, age differences, uh, the younger populations, and uh, eventually came up with very interesting findings. And I'm happy to state that all of our writing committee members were quite instrumental in achieving this document synthesis, looking at the available data and formulation of our final summary. And speaking of your final summary, when I was looking at it, I was blown away by both so the granularity and also the shock value of some of the stats that are out there. Uh, would you mind sharing with us maybe your top 10 takeaways from the HF staff? Certainly. So the first and foremost concept is that the incidence and prevalence is increasing. By 2030, approximately 8.5 million uh, Americans will have heart failure. Mm -hmm. Another sobering finding is that the lifetime risk of heart failure risk has increased in the last decade compared to former times. One in four individuals will develop heart failure in their lifetime compared to a decade ago, which was one in five, so the risk, lifetime risk, for heart failure is increasing. The other finding is we are seeing a adverse trend for increasing mortality since 2012. So this is despite all the guideline recommendations and evidence of benefit from medical as well as device therapies in heart failure. We're unfortunately seeing a rise in mortality rates in the United States for mortality. And other findings are that we have disparities in our outcomes. The mortality rates are highest for the Black, uh, Native Indian, as well as Alaskan Native individuals. Uh, And the rates are much higher than any other race or ethnicity. And other findings that highlights the disparities are the mortality rates are quite high in the rural areas compared to urban areas. And In the former decade, when we looked at the CDC maps, we would recognize regionality, where the southern states used to have the highest mortality rates. But now we see differentiation, even in southern states, that the urban areas have lower mortality rates than rural areas. And now Midwest has high mortality rates as much as south and um, southeast states. Other findings are heart failure hospitalization rates have been increasing. And again, the trends are very apparent since 2017. So these are concepts that we recognize despite all of the administrative implementations to reduce heart failure hospitalization rates, Mm -hmm. even the um, CMS performance measures that highlight the intent to reduce hospitalization rates. So overall, The concepts that we are recognizing is that the trends for heart failure is reflecting a growing burden. Why are we seeing these come as a question? It may be because we are also recognizing that the risk factors for heart failure are increasing. The prevalence of hypertension, obesity, diabetes is increasing. The population at risk, which is individuals who are at older age are living longer. That may be a reason, but we also have another adverse trend. The mortality rate, annual increase rate, was higher in younger individuals, age less than 64, than older individuals. So this is not a only a pattern that is apparent only in the old population or older uh, populations, but also in younger populations. So potentially, maybe an increased awareness and, being able to document and code the attribution to heart failure may be, in practice, increasing. But I must say that currently, most of the data for mortality comes from death certifications, where we know ability to capture attribution to heart failure is overtly underestimated. So these numbers may actually not represent the whole burden, no. may actually underestimate, but at least the trends over time is reflecting an adverse trend despite the advances in medical, as well as interventional and device therapies, and also unmasks the health inequity according to race, ethnicity, geography, rural versus urban populations, and the increasing burden of risk probably is clustering in individuals who are with health disparities, health inequities, and social determinants of health.
1: Yeah, there's so much there that you just mentioned. And we've tended to believe that over the past decade that we've made such large strides in the field of heart failure with the new medical therapies and and interventions that have become available to our patients. And I think this document really sounds the alarm that we have so much work to do and um, so much opportunity to continue to make progress and providing great care, better care, you know, for our patients. To that end, you know, what do we do next with this information? What's the next steps?
0: Probably this document is going to be an important tool for call for action for better appropriation of research funding, as well as strategies for implementation science. Heart failure is as deadly as cancer is, and uh, currently in our federal uh, grants portfolio, the appropriation of funds is uh, truly at a very small percentage of what's appropriated for cancer. We're not in a competition, but we're trying to highlight the necessity for us to recognize the burden that the heart failure has in our population. The other important um, strategies, for example, the Heart Failure Society of America is gonna be developing a microsite, a web platform, by which this data will be showcased. And HFSA is spearheading a variety of initiatives, the certification programs, as well as awareness Heart failure Awareness um, initiatives that we will try to match so that individuals will have one site to come and find what are the current trends. This document will be re-updated every year. We'll try to provide further specific information according to etiology, phenotypes, subgroups in the uh, next iterations, as well as the most recent trends in mortality as well as hospitalization rates if there's if there are reliable data. And in that microsite, we're hoping that all heart failure community will be able to see where we are with the burden of heart failure, and hopefully we'll be able to showcase best practices, solutions, opportunities for grants and research, and partner with collaborators, funders, sponsors for better solutions to remediate the burden of heart failure. That's extraordinary. Thank you so much. I commend you, Dr. Boskert, and your team on really giving us great clarity, defining where we are, because we don't know where we're going and how we can get there if we don't know where we are. Thank you for bringing out a momentous uh, statement in these HF stats. And thank you for sharing your time with us. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Thanks very much. Coming to you live from Cleveland. We'll see you on our next episode. See you. On behalf of Michael and myself, we want to thank you for tuning into The Heart Failure Beat
1: We'll catch you next time with more exciting news and discussions from the world of heart failure. The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of this podcast are their own and not necessarily those of the Heart Failure Society of America. For more information and to subscribe to the podcast, visit hfsa.org hfbeat. Follow HFSA on Twitter and look for us at hashtag HFBeat.